back to another episode of Caffeinated CX, where we talk about CX and stuff, all in a hyper-caffeinated state. I'm David, the Caffeinated CXO, and with me today is Zach Garside. Zach, welcome to the show. What's up? Happy to be here. Uh, we're happy to have you on. Now, if you don't know, Zach, well, Zach, tell them what you do. I am the CEO of Power Selling Pros, the customer service training company for contractors. If you've got people who answer your phones, we train them to be excellent. Sounds amazing. Yeah. Sounds amazing. Especially since at the trades, the contact center, the call center is going to make or break the business. That's right. First impression. Yep. 100%. So what's on top of your mind right now? Especially with like customer service reps, and we can even bring that down into customer service reps for the trades, right? <laughs> Yeah. I had a great conversation earlier today, actually, with a member of my team. Something I hadn't thought about, but that I, I kind of agreed with. She, this member of my team, she coaches many of the CSRs that we work with. Mm. And there's a common saying that business owners, managers uh, use to describe the call center. Um, and that is the girls in the office. And I hadn't really given that thought, that that particular like description much thought until today, actually, when it was brought up to me. Because I always talk about the CSR as the voice of the company. I typically ask an audience, if I were to survey your CSRs and ask them what you do for a living, they would probably say something to the effect of, I just answer phones, mm -hmm. which is criminal, which is horrible. Right. Because they're the voice of the company. But beyond that, one of the things we actually say to them is my girls in the office, like the ladies in the office or the girls down in the office. We'll literally say the word down to describe like where it is in the company. Right. The thing that is very top of mind for me is surveying your company for who talks to customers the most and then treating them that way. That's it. Um, I love it. it it's something we're, we're, working a lot on in our own company too. Like we have a team of coaches and I'm learning that you can never, in my opinion, you can never do too much to support and enhance the experience of the people who talk to and serve your customers. Right. Um, it's crucially important. No, hundred percent, hundred percent. And yeah, I hear that a lot. And then, you know, yeah, we have leftover food from the manager's meeting <laughs> to the call center. Stuff like that. I, I see that like almost, uh, oh, I see it a lot. <laughs> so have you heard that, me tell that story before? No, no. Oh, no. I, I literally told that story on my show today. I thought maybe oh, you like, tuned no, in live. No, and heard I, it. I got sucked into another meeting, but no, <laughs> uh, tell the story. Tell the story, man. <laughs> no, we, uh, so two stories, actually, we went to train a contracting company. This is probably two years ago now. And Stephen Dale, who was at the time our head of training, met with the management team in the morning prior to his training class to see how it's going, right? To, to touch base with the leadership of the company before he went to work with their CSRs. And sure enough, the leadership had donuts in their meeting. Mm. So Stephen asks them, hey, can I guess where the leftover donuts are going when this meeting is done? Mm -hmm. And the managers proudly say, oh, we're sending the don the leftover donuts to the CSR department, which Steven says, of course, because mm -hmm. you wouldn't get them fresh donuts. You'd only send them leftovers, yeah. <laughs> which is a classic, classic, um, excuse me, 
classic situation, right? And then Mm -hmm. similarly, I worked on a customer experience team in 2019. Um, and the sales team, right? Oh, the sales team. Oh, yep. Yep. They, uh, I eventually got into sales, but at the time I was in customer service and the sales team would have these meetings in the big conference room. You know, somebody would roll this big cart through the office with like acai bowls and fruit and treats and drinks and take it to the sales meeting. And then when it was over, the sales manager would proudly cart the leftovers and the half melted smoothie mm-hmm. bowls to the customer service department and go, you guys want the leftovers? My coworkers would reach over and I'm like slapping their hands. Don't you take, <laughs> don't you take their scraps. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Great, great stuff. <laughs> yeah. No, uh, it's like, I think that's uh, unfortunately universal. So, cause it's the, the last place people think of when things are going well. Right. And then usually if things are going bad whose fault is it right which i've noticed time and again and not just like in trades companies but other companies as well right because well as they say it rolls downhill right exactly and then if there's not any respect or acknowledgement or appreciation for the people who are you know that your customers pay attention to right then they'll leave Right. And then you have this constant turnover rate. Uh, some call centers I've seen have 40, 50, 60% turnover. Right. It's crazy. Yeah. And, and usually when you uh, do exit interviews or you talk to them like on LinkedIn or wherever, they're like, well, you know, the only time I ever talked to my manager or the owner of the business was uh, if I messed up. <laughs> so, unfortunately, which is sad. Um, so, but because CSRs um, or directors of first impressions or whatever you call them in your business, right? So, because they are so important and they're so, there's so little investment into that department usually, right? What would you say to business owners who have a call center, right? But the last time they actually went in there was to drop off those leftover donuts. <laughs> Um, when I became CEO of PowerSlam Pros, the first thing I did that, uh, and to be fair, I didn't do this because I was like a smart leader. Or I knew this was the right thing to do. I did this because I'm an idiot and I didn't know what else to do. And it, and I got lucky and it happened to be the right thing to do, uh, was a listening tour. Have you ever heard of this before? No, no. Um, I've heard this phrase before, like leaders advocate for a listening tour where you literally just go in and talk to people. Um, there's this, so this is what's crazy to me. Um, this is sort of a new idea I'm working with. So bear with me as I, as I sort of put the pieces together, but two things, one is that perhaps the greatest, uh, or the worst thing that we have done to people and to culture in the wake of the, the age of the internet is create this impossible, unrealistic and defeating expectation of always being busy. Mm. Busyness, like you have to be busy all the time or feel busy or feel productive. We've all felt it when you're laying down at night 
and you're like, I feel like I'm supposed to be doing something. So you right. scroll your phone or you do something stupid, time, time wasting. Mm-hmm. Um, in business, right? These front level employees, these CSRs, if there's any position that we look at and think you need to be busy all the time, it's them. I hear business owners say it all the time. I need to keep them busier. One uh, manager asked me not not too long ago. Um, she said, uh, you know, when our team went remote, I just didn't know what to do because I, I don't know if they're working. I don't know if they're busy. I said, well, how did you know they were busy before? Right. She goes, I could see them. I could walk around the office, see the blood, sweat, and tears. I could pretend to be interested in them when in reality, I was just checking to make sure they were busy. And I'm like, there's got to be a better way. Um, the trap of busyness is stupid, especially in a, like, have you ever used these AI tools like chat GPT or things oh, of that yeah. nature? Yeah, Man, you can automate so much of the stupid stuff you're doing mm-hmm. in your, in your business that you just need people to keep people busy with. Right. Right. Um, in addition to that, the second thing is when you go into that call center to do what I call a listening tour where you literally just have conversations with people. A guy, Joe Ferraro, recently taught me that conversation, we should look at conversation like a creative act. Mm -hmm. The same way you look at a painting on the wall and you think that is a work of creativity. It's it's beautiful, it's art. Mm -hmm. Or the way we look at a picture that your little kid draws or music. We see these things as acts of creativity and they're beautiful and they inspire us. We should treat conversation with the same sort of respect and expectation. Like conversation can be an act of creativity. You can create something beautiful that inspires people and that they remember just like artwork. Go into your call center, have a one-on-one conversation with everybody who works in there and try to make the conversation a work of art. And it was, it's, it's an instant, very straightforward thing that you can do to help people feel more connected to the company. Right. To help people feel more uh, like I'm important, right? That's what leads to job misery more than anything else. Anonymity. Mm -hmm. I'm invisible. It doesn't matter if I show up or not. They're going to replace me. I'm just another face. No, we, we don't need another customer service representative. We need David. We need Mm -hmm. Sally. We need John. We need you. We don't need another podcast. We need David's podcast. Mm -hmm. You know, that, that sort of attitude toward people who do these common jobs is, in my opinion, how we inspire them to do them with greatness. Right, right. No, it's, that's, that's beautiful. I don't even know how else to describe that. That's uh, <laughs> but mostly because my vocabulary is limited. Um, so, <laughs> but no, that was great. Um, so yeah, um, the, the thing with the manager who needs to see their employees to know that they're working um that hurts that hurts me uh because i've seen it time and time again and it's never good for the culture of the call center or the company right you should be able to trust your people right trust but verify and there's plenty of tools on the market so that you can uh see if they're working um one way for at least the call center to know that they're working is uh you know calls are still being booked that's an easy way right so I don't know where the disconnect is there, but <laughs> so you should be more results focused than having like your employees doing work 99% of every hour. 
yeah with no downtime because that's just going to cause burnout it's going to cause poor performance and it's going to cause people to walk and they're going to take their friends with them so yeah that's kind of sad stuff so let, let's uh let's segue into remote uh management right because mm-hmm. i mean it's 2023 right most companies even trades companies in 2020 were forced to go mostly remote, right? Some have already come back into the office. Some were like, oh, we don't have to pay rent anymore. Cool. Let's uh let's stay <laughs> this way. But yeah. um what what's your take or what's your philosophy on remote work management? Let's talk about that for a bit. Mm, the 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 bulk of my philosophy at that at this point is that there are more leadership books and experts than the world will ever need. Um, I appreciate your patience. If you can hear my kids on the other side of the house, they're just extremely excited that I'm on this show right now. <laughs> they should be. <laughs> uh, yeah. The, there's more books, more experts, more courses than we will ever need or know what to do with. Mm-hmm. Uh, that said, there's surprisingly little, almost no one, in my opinion, on the topic of remote leadership. Right. It's it's virtually non-existent. Like we are, we're living in a world where all of the leadership advice is basically catered to the office. Mm -hmm. Um, And I just, I'm searching, I'm striving to know like, where are the resources? Where are the tools on how to be a remote leader? The best I have found, and I guess this answers your question on what's my philosophy. uh, I seriously appreciate your patience. There's a a parade of children just march down the stairs all at once. (laughs) (laughs) And, No, it's... <laughs> uh, there's a guy My named pretty much the same when I'm at home. So <laughs> yeah, there's a guy named Matt Mockery. If you've ever heard of him, mm. um, he writes this book called the great CEO within. And uh, he has a chapter in the book that is on the topic of remote leadership. It's beautiful because what he advocates for, and this is something I'm trying to implement, take some discipline is he basically has a spreadsheet that has like every employee's name uh, and things about them, kids, names of kids, pets, where they live, where they're from, what they like to do, what their spouse likes to do, birthdays, all that stuff. And you need to fill it in. You need to have those beautiful conversations with people where you find things out about them. And every week you need to dedicate one hour to just sending people on your team personalized messages that you are thinking about them. That's it. So for example, you see that uh, John has two kids, a 12-year-old and a, one, and a 10-year-old. You know, he's going on vacation in two weeks. Mm-hmm. So you send him a text like, hey, John, thinking about you, Sally and Joey, your kids. I uh, hope you have a great time on your vacation next week. And the keywords are thinking about you. Mm-hmm. Not in a work accountability context. Right. You know, I'm thinking about the work you're doing. How, how's it going? Right? Are we on track? It's, I'm thinking about you, hope you're doing well, have fun on your vacation. And it's actually kind of beautiful Yeah, that he's managed to simplify remote leadership into such a simple practice that helps people feel connected to you when they can't see you. Right. That's awesome. Yeah. That's my philosophy so far, <laughs> but <laughs> develop, developing, trying to learn from it, uh, trying to make sense of why, uh, obviously it's only been I guess it's been three years now since the pandemic started. Mm-hmm. Um, and I hope that uh, I hope that there will continue to be more resources and tools 
for people in the coming days and weeks and months and years on the topic of leading a remote team. Yeah, which is weird because like it's been three years. You'd think there'd be something, right? Because how long does it take to write a business book? It doesn't really take that long if you don't, you know, if you want to rush it out. All you have to take is uh, how to win friends and influence people and like rework it. So, because that's like 90% of them. Right. So, yeah. but yeah, this is weird. Maybe you, maybe you can write that book. Dude, I don't feel like I, I, I don't feel like I can touch the topic of leadership or even want to until oh. I'm retired. Like, let's just, just use let's, chat GPT. It's fine. <laughs> I'll just, I'll just do an anonymous, like, yeah, online account. <laughs> I, I don't I don't even want to touch the topic of leadership. It's uh, a tough one. Until oh. I'm like retired and there's a legacy to talk about, you know. Understood. Um, <laughs> so Understood. Customer, customer service though, I got that. I got that. All right. Let's go back into customer service then because I want to <laughs> suck your brain dry for all the customer service knowledge that you have. Because how long have you been uh, coaching and training CSRs? I have been at PowerSlide Pro since 2015. It's been almost eight years. Um, gosh, yeah, that's crazy when I say it out loud. Like because I'm a you know because I'm a millennial, and when I tell my friends eight years, they're like, "You're a dinosaur, man! You've been there forever. Mm-hmm. I've been here for eight years, not two decades." <laughs> <laughs> Expectations change though, so that's how long I've been there. Okay. All right, so I'm sure you've seen it all from really, really badly managed call centers with CSRs that just don't care, right? All the mm-hmm. way to the upper echelons, right? That's right. Um, so in your opinion, what you've seen, what what makes the difference between those two? Uh, the ones on this spectrum who just don't care whatsoever. Right? Yeah. They'd rather be doing anything else. They're there just to absorb a paycheck, right? And the people who have an actual drive and love for what they do, what do you think the the difference is there? And feel free to dive as deep as you want with that very broad general question. <laughs> uh, there's a there's a great line from Seth Godin. He says, "You can't be seen until you learn to see," mm-hmm. and the most important part that great call centers get right is as i mentioned earlier they see the csr as the voice of the company mm-hmm. they see them as the first impression and treat them that way uh, perception and treatment is the first most important thing the second thing is they focus on what i call what we call principles mm-hmm. not tactics when you go to a trade show all anyone ever talks about is processes systems and tactics Mm -hmm. i mean my gosh it's like one system or process after another and don't get me wrong systems are are crucial systems are important every business needs them but systems processes i would rather have a a team a group of people a team that understand the fundamentals of great customer service and business building over a group of individuals that are always chasing the next processor system. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> uh, to illustrate in the customer service context, a lot of our clients come to us looking for scripts. 
Can you give me a script for this scenario? Can you give me a script for that scenario? What kind of scripting do you guys provide? But it's not that simple because customers don't care about your script. Customers don't follow a script. Customers don't care what your process or your system is. Right? That's like the equivalent of our policy states, which nobody ever wants to hear. <laughs> Customers want to speak to a human being who cares about them, who's going to do what is necessary, not just what is expected. So I always say when somebody asks for a script, yes, I can give you a script, but more importantly, I want you to be able to, in, to, to act and think independently of a script, of a system. I want you to do what's best for the customer. Um, and to do that, here are eight principles you need to know. You need to be positive. You need to be confident. You got to be a great listener. You have to show empathy. You have to always focus on what you can do. You got to ask people proactively to take action. You got to build value and you got to be grateful. Embrace and embody those eight principles and everything that you do with a customer. And you will be fine. You will get the results that you want. From there, we can lay our own scripts and processes to optimize and help provide more tools. Right. But in a customer service department, we are dealing with people. That's it. People who are doing the job, people who are on the receiving end of the job, it's people. So if you rely on a singular one-size-fits-all system, you will inevitably alienate some of the people you want to be taken care of. 100%. You have to be able to adapt and to adjust. Uh, I liken it to a toolbox. When you have a, oh my gosh, there's a deer outside my window right now. That is so weird. Yeah. I got a homeless person outside mine, so. <laughs> a deer just walks up to the window. Up. I live in a <laughs> suburb, by the way, people. So that's like, that's why I'm like caught off guard by it. I'm like, whoa. Uh, <laughs> But I liken it to a toolbox. When you have a toolbox, let's say you need to go and you know patch a hole in your wall. Mm -hmm. um, you're not going to use every single tool in the toolbox. Right. That doesn't make any sense. Right? It, doesn't, it doesn't matter if you were trained on how to use every tool. You're going to use the appropriate tool for the job, for the situation at hand. That's how everything should work in business. Right. Is all of your systems, all your processes are tools but your people have the autonomy, have the authority to use the appropriate tool for the appropriate situation. Mm -hmm. And you give them trust. Stephen M. R. Covey, the son of Stephen R. Covey, who wrote Seven Habits of a Highly Effective People. He, uh, he wrote this great book called Trust and Inspire about how it is time for us to move away from command and control and embrace trust and inspire leadership. That is the, that is the new way. That's the new game that we're supposed to be playing right now. Love it. Love it. Yeah. So I have a couple of more questions. Okay. You'll, you'll indulge me. Um, one, what are a couple of uh, books that you would recommend to either call center, especially in the trades, call center trainers and managers? Yeah. I would recommend our book, Brigham Dickinson's book, who uh, founded Power Slam Pros. It's called Pattern for Excellence. Engage your team to wow more customers. Mm -hmm. um, I also would recommend, let's see, let me look at my bookshelf. What comes to mind immediately? Oh, yes, The Talent Code. The Talent Code. You ever heard of The Talent Code? 
I've heard of the Culture Code. I think it's by the same author. Same guy. Yep. Same same guy. Uh, what's his name? Dan something. Daniel Coyle. Yeah. 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 Uh, talent Code, code is over there. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah. Talent Code's phenomenal. It's about uh, how do I describe it? There are certain hotbeds, like talent hotbeds in the world, places that consistently churn out the most talented people in their field. For example. Brazil consistently turning out some of the world's greatest soccer players. Mm -hmm. There are certain music schools that consistently produce world-class musicians. How, how do these, what is going on in these little talent pools? Basically that's what this book seeks to explore. Um, and it's brilliant. It's a great book. Um, it's also pretty tactical. It talks about what makes a great coach at the end. That's a part that I love. So the talent code pattern for excellence, and I'll give one more a classic, a favorite of mine, which is um, This Is Marketing by Seth Godin. Mm -hmm. uh, you don't even have to be in marketing to get a lot. It's it's really a book about empathy, if I'm being honest. Gotcha. Um, it's it's titled a marketing book, but it's it's really all about empathy and how to how to do work that matters for people who care. Right. Yeah. Those are all, all fantastic. Now, follow-up question. Let's say a call center manager, trainer, whoever was setting up a book club for their CSRs, which I know a lot of companies don't have, right, at all, especially for the CSRs. They might have it with their management team, right? yeah. if they're lucky, but never for their CSRs. But if someone was going to set up a book club for CSRs, what would be the first book they should discuss? A book club for CSRs. Wow. Yeah, write that one down. <laughs> what a question. What a question. Um, I know. Crucial conversations. That's a good answer. <laughs> yeah, have you read that one? Yeah. That book is brilliant too. Yeah, crucial conversations. Let's go with that. All right. All right. I love it. I love it. So now I want to give you the opportunity to plug yourself here, right? Where can people <laughs> find you? If you're listening to this, go to powersellingpros.com slash free. That is a URL I only send podcast listeners to. Uh, on the other side of that link, you can get 17 free customer service training videos from us. Um, as well as you can get on the best email list in the home services industry. Uh, my email list is like a sitcom, all right? New episodes coming out every week. And uh, it's fun. We have we have a ton of fun over there. Um, I get, uh, yeah, people, people email me all the time asking to add more of their team members to uh, what we send. So you got to go to powerslamepros.com slash free. That's where you should go. Awesome. All right. And then I see, uh, I see you and the rest of the power selling uh, pros team on, youtube shorts a lot in fact it's like half my <laughs> algorithm so that might just be me but i know you're on youtube um and then what linkedin uh do you guys have any other socials uh yeah we we obviously are super active on linkedin youtube facebook and instagram um yeah we were on all those we're on all those places all right cool um any parting words for the uh not viewers but listeners here People do not buy from the best companies. They buy from the companies who understand them best. Love it. Love it. All right. Well, 
thank you, Zach, for coming on to Caffeinated CX. And it was it was a pleasure. I've been actually, uh, like I said before, privately, I've been building up the courage to <laughs> ask you, and then you reached out. So thank you. <laughs> thank you.